Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Robotics. I'm your host, Nikki Rousseau, and I am the CEO and founder of Exaptic, a robotics company in Melbourne. It's been some time since I've given a bit of a blurb about myself, so a little bit about the work we do. We focus on telepresence, educational and social robots. So if you need any help in that space in Melbourne, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. This podcast is all about people that work in robotics in Australia and whatever contribution they make. This is episode 101, and it's my absolute pleasure today to speak with Dr. Kulari Lokugay. Kulari is the director of Swinburne's Knox Innovation Opportunity and Sustainability Center, otherwise known as Kiosk. She's a leader in the educational sector, and her goal is to inspire, enable, and empower educators. Kulari, welcome, and thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Vicky. Thanks for the introduction. Happy 2023 to you. This is our very first podcast for the year, so a great honor to have you, and I know you're very busy, so thank you for joining me. Thank you. Happy New Year to everyone who is looking, yeah, listening to this. I know, and it's, it's come so quickly, you know, it, after the frantic Christmas Christmas, which is always a surprise. Let, let me add that. And then, you know, before we think we're ready uh, at the Australian Tennis Open and a boiling hot day today. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Laurie, tell us a little bit about your journey. You're a lecturer and an e-learning expert. How, how did you end up where you are today? Yeah, interesting journey. Um, I studied in Sri Lanka, so I'm Sri Lankan. I did a bachelor of um, computer science at that time, which ended me up as a professional software engineer. Then um, we traveled to Maldives, became a school teacher in Maldives while I was doing a system analyst program. There we started working in the school, empowering students to do programming and things like that. We went back to Sri Lanka and I became a lecturer um, in higher education. And I, I continued to do that until we migrated to Australia in 2001. Looks like a long time ago. And uh, I've been in the uh, vocational education sector as a programming lecturer, software engineering lec lecturer. And then that actually was the time that I thought, wow, how can we deliver a program from one end to the other end of the world. So that got me uh, into e-learning. Uh, at that time, the institute that I was working at Homescreen, they did have an e-learning uh, startup kind of thing. And I got involved. And that's where I did my research as well, how to use e-learning to deliver programs to the people who cannot reach otherwise, which was fascinating. The findings were fascinating. I really enjoyed doing that um, research and uh, then slowly um, ended up in this position where we um, deliver programs to secondary school students all in STEM. Doesn't have to be e-learning, it's a STEM component that makes me uh, interested and happy to see how kids you know, they light up when they come and do a hands-on activity and they figure out, oh, I didn't know programming or I didn't know any of these robotics things, but here I am, I'm making this device move or pick up things or things like that, which is very um, 
very interesting. Yeah, and I imagine very fulfilling looking at uh, the lives that you touch there. And we're going to talk a little bit more about Kiosk in a minute. Um, this e-learning is, of course, couldn't have been at a better time if we consider the environment that we are in now. So thank goodness for educators like you that did their PhDs in this field so that, um, in fact, it's made it easy for post-COVID and during COVID. It did. Like, uh, we were one of the first institutions to deliver online straight away within two weeks of COVID hitting and we still remember I'm uh, I asked all my team members to take a computer all the devices almost like a pack um, not knowing what will come in March and uh, then training them up very quickly uh, luckily we had a learning management system that we have we had initiated by that time uh, and we delivered online, like within two weeks, we were delivering, we were helping the schools, the school teachers had like a, what a relief to hand over their classes to us to be able to deliver while they figured out how to do all these things. Yeah, it was a perfect thing. Congratulations. That's, that's not a trivial accolade to you. Thinking back of your career, what have been highlights for you so far? Many highlights. Actually, when I went back to Sri Lanka and I was working in Hared, working with students on their either um, undergraduate final year projects or master's level uh, projects, I think that's one of the amazing things, guiding someone to get to an end point that they even wouldn't have imagined doing and working with them uh, making sure that they get to that point. One big highlight for me in this particular role is we have a grant from Department of Education to deliver programs to rural and regional schools. Just doing that. That's um, the first time after COVID kind of settled when a bus pulled up with a group of students from a regional school. Unbelievable that the feeling and then when they were going for each and every teacher they went and thanked like so this is what 70 kids or something like that thank you thank you and the way that they reacted to things that they were given to you know learn and play and explore that's even right now when we go to the regional schools and deliver a program such a satisfaction you feel like you have changed somebody's whole life kind of thing and, and indeed you have, like, I, I wouldn't, I, that's not just to throw a state away statement. You probably have changed someone's life for the better. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing so. I mean, last time, just before holidays, I was in, um, we have a cluster in Cobram, Natalia and Amuka, and the students, um, a little kids, they like, can I come to class? Can I touch this? Can I play with this? Can I do this? Oh, the enthusiasm. Yeah. Unbelievable. I think as an educator and even just anyone that's peripheral, so I deal with a lot of children, anything like that is just enough to make your, you know, your heart just swells and you go, are you just going to go places? Talking about the teachers, Kalari, like it's a very fast changing landscape and they've got a lot of challenges that they're dealing with. How do you empower them and help them to be the best educators possible? Yeah, there are a few things that we have put into place so you know for the kiosk when they come the uh, students come they come with their classroom teacher or their subject matter expert teacher so one of the biggest things that we do is when they are with us we help the teacher to understand how they could deliver similar things 
or something that they can extend based on what they have done with us. Interesting today, today I had a um, staff member from our school speaking with me and he said, um, we really enjoy coming to kiosk because we know that we are going to get something very special that we cannot do at school. Um, but at the same time, some of the things that we learn at kiosk, we then go back and see how we can implement it. We might not have the exact same um, technology tools or skills, but we try and go back. So one of the examples he said um, in their school, they had a VR headset, didn't know how to use it, came here, learned with the students. He became a student while his students were learning and went back and now it is up and running. So that's one way the groups who come to us. But at the same time, we run professional learning sessions. So we do run professional learning sessions for teachers. Um, Department of Education runs something called Design to Innovate. And I have staff who are trained up to train others. So we run those type of workshops as well. In addition to that, um, my team present at conferences often, and they share um, the resources that we create. Even when we add a remote or rural school into our list or uh, deliver a program, we add them to our learning management system and give the teachers access to the resources. So even sometimes, even though they don't have the technology, they have all the resources and look at a video and do it in a different way. So um, trying to, you know, remove or reduce those boundaries. I think it's a fantastic resource. I've had the absolute pleasure of actually visiting Kiosk as a, as a guest speaker there um, with the fantastic uh, Professor Virginia Kilborn. I was completely out of my depth. Not that I, I compare myself with anyone, but she's just a superstar. And if you haven't listened to my talk with her on this podcast, please do. Um, she's just a, just a wonderful human being. Kiosk is celebrated its 10th birthday last, last year. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you, yes. Quite a milestone. For those of you who don't know where Kiosk is, it's based in Wonturna, um, close to Knox Shopping Centre. If you needed an excuse to go to either one, you can pop in at Kalori there and say hello. Kalori, what are you particularly proud of work that you've done there at Kiosk? Um, definitely one of the examples is um, being up and running within two weeks during COVID and helping all the um, educators. Very proud of our rural and regional project, which is um, a wonderful opportunity. Uh, one of the other projects that we did during COVID is our Trash Spot Challenge, which is we, we plan to deliver it face to face, but COVID hit. So what we did was we converted into a situation where the students get the kit. So we printed, we packed, we bought all the kits and packed them and um, couriered them to schools. Uh, during lockdown, remember, we could not go beyond 5K. Um, so we couriered them to schools and delivered it online, which actually at the end of the year, we got a, yeah, we were lucky to secure a vice chancellor's award for that. Um, so things like that, like even today or yesterday, somebody's studying your trash pot project. That's so good. We now deliver it by ourselves. So that's that's a situation where we have empowered the teachers to do it. They know how to do it. And it is all about sustainability. Generally, when we deliver a program, it is a multidisciplinary type of program. It's not just 
come here and learn programming or come here and learn robotics. If it is about robotics, why do you need this? What is the problem that we are solving? And then look at the problem. And based on that problem, let's look at how to solve. And then we bring in technology. So it's always, you know, pedagogy first, technology next, yeah. solve the problem first, then bring the technology to suit the problem. So very proud of my team, uh, very proud of the projects that we are doing. Uh, I have an absolutely amazing team who do all these things, very passionate educators. So very proud of quite a number of things, actually. And congratulations on all fronts. And I've met your educators and they're an absolutely fantastic team of people. And speaking of conferences, I had two of them uh, present at my conference. So thank you very much, the Generate 22. And as we speak, I'm working on the Generate 23. So you will no doubt hear a little pitter patter of my knocking on your door again. So talk to a little, uh, us a little bit about your robotics and what emphasis you have there and how you're introducing it to the students. Okay. Yeah, so we don't come from the robotics angle. We come from the problem. So what is the problem that you ha we have? And we align everything to the curriculum. So we look at a situation where we work with our partner schools. So we have six partner schools. Um, we work with them and we ask them, okay, what are the areas that you want us to help you? And they would say, okay, this year seven, this particular thing, we have no idea. This curriculum changed this. So we look at those things and then we identify the areas and then we work with them to some extent we go back to them to uh, evaluate whether we are in the right path and things like that so with most of our programs being built like that we bring in either robotics or programming or whatever that we need to bring to solve a problem so at the moment um we, during COVID, we created a program called, um, uh, it is using EZ Drolly, um, but the problem is that there are so many parcels that Australia Post cannot deliver based on the demand. And how would you go and help them to deliver it in a more efficient way? So that's where the robotics comes. We do a program called Mission to Mars, in this one, we look at the rover, we look at how things have happened, and then we have multiple sessions that the students go in, and one of them is to look at a robotic solution. Uh, we have a program called Logistics Fail, again, um, where the students um, identify a problem, uh, the problem is given to them and they are trying to solve it. And in that there is an element where they bring in robotics. We have another one called emergency technologies. Um, it's a situation where there is an emergency and the fire trucks and the ambulance have to travel in a particular way and they use the uh, robotics elements in those. So. In multiple places, we do use robotics, um, but it is integrated within the curriculum, integrated with solving the problem, integrated to have its own place and to highlight how important all these elements are for us to live happily. Well, and it's an obvious um, answer if you think about that's what robotics is all about, is solving a problem that you've got just not for the sake of robotics, because what are you going to be doing with it? I think all robotics and especially the robotics I deal with um, 
you know, generally when I speak to people about the work they go, first up they go, can it make a cup of coffee? And I always have to chuckle, but like seemingly this is a problem for them. If this is a problem, well, you want a solution. So, you know, it's not for me to say your problem isn't serious. Kalori, <laughs> you mentioned that you've got six schools. Is it um, six schools that you work with in total, like around you? Um, and how, what is the average age of the students that come to Kiosk? So we have six partner schools, okay. but that is me, that's our core business. Uh, we do have many other schools uh, because we have a couple of other projects like the rural and regional project, which are regional or rural schools. There are about 10 of them that we work with. We have another project called uh, Victorian Challenge Enrichment Series, which is for high ability students. So the high achievers in any Victorian state school can participate. So um, if you look at our booking system, there are hundreds of schools in our booking system, but our six partner schools are our core. Um, the age range, mainly we are from secondary. So year seven, all the way up to year 12, our year 11 and 12, we have master classes. That's um, biology, chemistry, psychology, physics, mathematics, and environmental science. So for those six uh, year 11 and 12, they're short, sharp, they're not full day. Our usual discovery programs are full day. The master classes are maximum up to three hours, which means uh, they'll come to do something SAC-related task to the lab or upstairs when they do psychology, they come and do with the EEG headsets kind of thing. So um, year 11, 12, very specific for their subject matter. Mm -hmm. uh, seven to 10 is general STEM education. Um, we do the high ability students, five and sixes. That's a small component of what we do on a daily basis. All right. And have you had any success stories? You've been there as director now for class on five years. Have you had any success stories of students that have come through kiosk? Of course, like we recorded a couple of them um, last year um, where they have, because kiosk has been there for 10 years. Yeah. So, and for our partner school students from year seven, they come to kiosk all the way up to year 12 if they're doing STEM. So I actually interviewed a student who has been to Fair Hills High School, which is one of our partner schools, ended up doing, um, uh, at Swinburne itself, becoming a flight. So he went to aerospace and things like that. And he he's working at Contas, I think. Contas or Emirates, I can't remember, one of those, uh, which is great. Uh, we have had several teachers, STEM educators, who have come and seen these things. I had many people who said, oh, that inspired me. That was the day that it clicked me kind of thing. When the person that I spoke this morning is a teacher, he said, coming to kiosk inspires me all the time. So definitely there are many success stories. Listen, um, congratulations. And I, um, for your, my audience, you can't see Kalori's beaming face, but this is a true educator at heart. She is very passionate about what she does. And I, I think it's just fantastic. And I hope you've got a, like a long, long trajectory there at Kiosk, because obviously um, you much love. Tell me a little bit what excites you about the next generation coming through the ranks. It is very important, actually, that that 
uh, next generation because uh, there are two groups of next generation i would say the generation who actually missed out year seven eight schooling i mean they did go to school virtually yeah. and everyone else for seven eight people who missed out seven eight um it is really important for them to understand that social connections to how to be able to do certain things rather than just in front of a computer and everyone um the next generation things are quite different to the time that we learned right mm -hmm. um everything's going to have an element of like big hot topic now chat gpt so things like that and to be able to identify what it is how it is but go beyond that that's what i want them to know okay it's a problem solve it these are the tools that we have how do we take to the next level that's something that i want them to think there are big problems in the world i uh, want them to solve them or find solutions or not make that problem to be a problem like for example climate change mm. it's it's a problem individuals individually they might not be able to solve it but together they can and yeah. then not create another problem similar to what we together have kind of created based on your many years of experience and a little bit reflective what advice would you have for a younger kulari oh <laughs> be very curious and creative and make use of the opportunities you get i think every turn that i have taken is not saying no take the opportunity it's a challenge there have been many challenges it's a challenge but face the challenge you can overcome it you can get to another to the end of it and uh, it's a good challenge enjoy the challenge as you go through the journey Kalori, fantastic uh, reflection there. Where can our audience reach you should they want to get in touch? I'm on LinkedIn. I think I, I'm fairly good on LinkedIn. Um, that would be the best, I would say. Or um, my email is open. So my K-L-O-K-U-G-E-D-O-N-A. I'll put it in the show notes. Don't worry, I'll put that in the show notes for people to reach out. Otherwise, uh, please do connect with Kalori on LinkedIn and um, become part of a network to see what post she puts out and the, and the wonderful work that she does. Kalori, thank you so much for your time. Um, I'm most appreciative. I look forward to seeing you again. Um, if if you need any staff members, um, if any educators or people out there, check out what's what's advertised at Kiosk. I think there are a couple of roles available now. So um, if you're interested in this sort of career, get in, get in touch with Kalori and have a chat with her. Yes, definitely. Definitely drop me a line, even if it is not advertised. We always look for sessional staff uh, based on our project, different staff who are passionate and, you know, would like to impart their knowledge. Definitely, please get in touch with me. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time, Kalori. And to our wonderful audience, thank you again for joining me uh, for the first episode of 2023. I look forward to your company again next week. Thank you. Thanks, Nikki. Mm -hmm.